Hello and welcome to the Huddersfield Town preview show in association with Sports Broker. I'm pleased today to be joined by Stephen Chicken and Richard Sutcliffe. How are you two both doing? Good, thank you. Excellent. Um, usually preview show just looks at the next game, but we didn't do an extra time at Preston given the, the time constraints and everything. So if we have a look back at, at that game quickly, um, Stephen, what did you make of it? Was it a nil-nil at somewhere that Town haven't won at since 1969, would you believe? So I think that's a, a point gained for me. It was for me as well. And I think my sort of my ratings were probably a bit enthusiastic on, on the basis of that, to be honest. Um, but it's a rarity I, for you, I think. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm only <laughs> the other way, if anything. Um, but for me, I, I thought going into that game that a draw at Preston would be a good result, to be honest. Not just, I mean, the 1969 thing, I'm sure, is is a factor in some people's heads, but more pertinent for me is the fact that Preston have been so hard to beat since Ryan Lowe came in. You know, they'd only lost one game, or still only lost one game since he came in at the start of December. So, you know, that they've been up there with town in terms of uh, their, their form over the past couple of months. Uh, probably their fans would say they've, they've had a few too many draws that should have been wins. I'm sure there's a few town fans that say that as well. So um, I, I think a draw there is is good on paper. And I thought defensively, there were some really good performances, particularly from, from Tom Lee's. Um, but uh, I can understand some fans as well who might say, yeah, but we didn't really create anything either, which is fair, because I don't think there was a shot on target there from town. And Carlos said after the game, he you know, basically said the same thing. He was pleased with what he saw defensively, but in attack, he, he maybe wanted to see a bit more. Did, did you manage to catch any of the game also too? I didn't. I saw the highlights on Quest um, and it didn't seem... Were there any? Uh, well, there was nothing in terms of Town's attacks. I, I did notice that, but you never know with the editing of Max. It was a Wednesday night. But yeah. It sounds like he was right. But I got, I go with what Steve said there with, in terms of how hard they are to beat because Sheffield United were there. It was just a fortnight ago, I think, maybe three weeks ago. And uh, Sheffield United were 2 0 up, 20 minutes to go. Preston down to 10 men. And yet Preston came back and got a point. And really, but for a Connor Hooraham, where he ran 80 yards to pull off a tackle on the edge of his own area. They probably would have lost because that was like the 93rd minute. And they're just a side who never give up Preston. Again, at Bramall Lane, they equalised in the 95th minute for another 2-2 draw. So I think on the balance, I think that's a cracking point for town, especially on the back of the results they've had. You know, if you it's the old adage, in it? You win at home, draw away, you get promoted. Yeah. Um, Stephen, that, that, it felt to me like a game that a couple of months ago, before this 13 game on beat and run, that might have been a game that, that Town probably lost 1-0. Is that a sort of fair feeling from that game? I think so. I think they did a, a better job in this game of not getting suckered in too deep. I think particularly after you sort of, you had, you know, Cameron Archer was trying to make those runs in behind. Matty Pearson was just about holding on to him for a couple of them. And and that's praise of Matty Pearson because I think other players he would have got past um, Archer on that kind of form. And Johnson was a handful on the left as well. I think it would have been easy for Town to go, oh, you know, they're, they're trying to run us here. We need to drop deeper. But they they sat a bit, they, you know, were able to sit a bit higher. They were a bit braver with, with that kind of thing. Got away with a couple of, of penalty decisions again. Uh, I think probably one of them should have been given, to be honest. But but there you go. You, you know, there's, there's a bit of a, a wave of luck at the moment and you need that on your side at times. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought they... They they showed 
some positive signs. It's just a shame that, that when he got on the ball, it was, you know, it, it, you, you, I think particularly as Carlos said, second half, you were better at getting sort of through the third and into the final third, but but weren't really able to create anything at the end of it after that. So there's obviously there's things to work on there. Uh, but, you know, this is the team that's fifth in the table, not the team that's first. You might expect that. Yeah. Um, Richard, is it... Fair to say that this is a sort of result that is indicative of a side that are in a 13-game unbeaten run. And it's one where if you were a bit more win-loss, a bit more inconsistent, you, you might have dropped some points there and, and, and lost the game rather than sticking it out and getting a draw and you know having that habit of actually getting a result from somewhere. So, yeah, so I think you've got a good point. You know, not just the last two seasons, the last three seasons in terms of town because it's the psychological thing. You know, Sheffield United have come out the other side now faster than town did but I'd say for the first two three months of this season Sheffield United were in exactly the same state town were in when they dropped out of the Premier League in fact they were hurting you know they've been beaten up week after week in the Premier League last season and it you know it takes its toll on you emotionally as much as anything and I mean in the stands as well yeah because you're in the stands and there's that air of resignation because when you you know obviously it's been a bit different with the pandemic and obviously Sheffield United fans weren't there last season, but there was still that sense early in the season you know they conceded a goal, you know like against Town perfect case in point I know they came back and, and they equalised in the end but ended up losing, but it was that sort of thing if it can go wrong, it will go wrong and yeah. that does transmit to the pitch because and it's human nature you know if you've been on the end you know I think I've said to you on this before that I remember interviewing Jonathan Hogg in that relegation year, uh, I think it was before Newcastle away when they lost 1-0 in February. And he says, I just, we just feel like a boxer who's just taken one too many beatings. And it's right. And, you know, if if Town were having that sort of season this year, then the sort of pressure that came under at Deepdale, and, I, you know, like I said, all I've seen is the chances. But there were chances, but you don't keep them out. Obviously, Lee Nichols plays a part. I think he's been a belting signing. I really do for Town. I think he's been superb. He's really, really done well and he, yes. he plays a big factor in that. But I do agree there that I think they would have lost that game, not necessarily 1-0, it might have even been 2-0 last season and certainly the season before when, you know, and I'm not saying bottom lips were out, but chins were on the floor and it's hard. It really is hard, you know. We, we look at footballers and we, we never think of the human side of it. It's just like, oh, well, he was rubbish today and this, that and the other. But if you've had, you know, 10, 10 weeks of you know, sucker punches all the time, then it's hard. It's hard. But Town's on the other side of that now. You know, they're, they're, they're showing that resilience and they're doing well. And that means you actually expect to hold out. And I, I won't be surprised if the players came off on Wednesday night and were in that away dressing room at Deepdale and thought, we, sh- we should have won that. You know, yeah. we, there's a missed opportunity there. And that's the change in mentality that Carlos has brought about. And I think, you know, he's, he's done an incredible job for me at uh, Huddersfield. Yeah, I think the, the main line that he, he said in his, his post-match interview was that he, he wasn't satisfied with the point. I think most that, people yeah, probably yeah. probably were, but that, he wasn't. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, that's a, a progression, as you say. If we, we, we turn our eye to Saturday, Saturday morning, Saturday early afternoon, 12.30 against um, Sheffield United. Uh, it's a team you know a lot about, um, sort of obviously. Um, but it's a completely different um, kettle of fish to, to what it was at the start of the season. You referenced that game already, that 2-1 that Levi Colwell nicked in the, the dying moments. 
What sort of a side are our town coming up against on Saturday? Because it's not the, the one that we played at, at Bramall Lane uh, earlier on in the year. No, very, very different. But then Huddersfield, they're a very, very different prospect as well. You know, that, that I think back to that game in, uh, I think it was the fourth game of the season, wasn't it? And three days earlier, United had been walloped 4-0 at West Brom and it could have been eight. And I remember looking up, I remember going to that game and I actually said to somebody before, I said, look, Huddersfield have struggled the last few years. This could be just the right game for Sheffield United, could this just to bounce back? But it wasn't, you know, because they dug in and Sheffield United just struggled. You know, they didn't create anything. They had, you know, the first month of the season, they, they got one goal and two points in five games. And that one goal was in the 91st minute against town when uh, when Billy Sharp scored. They, they were really struggling because the manager had come in and with hindsight tried to change everything too fast. You know, for, for five years, they played with a three at the back and, and wing backs, and then straight away start of the season, he came in and played with a back four. Interestingly, the only time he played with a back three in the first three months of the season was against Town, and uh, but it didn't work, you know, because they, they just didn't play well. Town got the game plan right, they sort of held it for seventy minutes, and then just sort of opened up a little bit, got the goal, fantastic ball from Thomas when Coroma went through. Obviously, Fodringham said, but he got the rebound, but, and then when Sheffield, but when Sheffield United got that equaliser. That should have been the sign. You thought, oh, well, they're going to push on here. But Town, from somewhere, got the, got the belief and got the winner. And I think their season's gone from there. I really do. I think that that was a moment for for, uh, for Town to to really push on. You know, I, know yeah. beat, I think it was Preston just before that, but that was an awful game against Preston. <laughs> it was a own goal. It was the opposite. Was it goal opposite. Goal even? I can't remember. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't it was good. The... It was the total opposite of the game we just had, where it was two good sides cancelling each other out. It was two sides low on confidence and That's, sort of that, uh, that, that random. I, I, goal. I remember after that Sheffield United game, I, I think the Wallops Reading four 0 and you thought, you know, you just think that could have been a, a moment for them. But going back to the original thing, Sheffield United now they're a very, very different team under Paul Eckingbottom. They get the ball forward a lot faster. They've gone back to it's not quite three five two. It's sort of three four one two or three four two one. Uh, Billy Sharp up top, but they create so many chances now. They weren't, they weren't creating anything in the first month of the season. Morgan Gibbs-White made a huge difference. He came in on deadline day back in August. Um, he's been out injured for two months, but he came back as a sub on uh, on Wednesday night and got an assist against uh, against West Brom. Uh, Illiman and Jai, who was at the club but frozen out when they played town, he's come back in. He's an old pal of Sober Thomas, actually. They're both at Boreham Wood together. And, you know, he, he's, he, he had a, a bit of a flat game on Wednesday, so I do wonder if he'll drop out of the side. But, you know, he's a special talent. And they've just got the thing working again. You know, Oliver Norwood, who obviously town fans know all about, the couple of years he had there, he's he's back to his best now. You know, it's, it'd be interesting what town do tomorrow because if if a team's going to stop Sheffield United, you need to put, for me, you need to put somebody on, uh, on Norwood's toes. Um, West Brom did it in midweek with Adam Reach, but then went down to 10 men and they had to abandon that remember Paddy McNair did it for Middlesbrough up there when they beat Sheffield United 2-0 and that's a way to get out about them for me but because if no one's allowed to play I don't think there's a better passer of the ball in the championship for me and uh, I really expect him to you know if Town don't go down that route which they don't usually you know with the way they're playing the 4-3-3 uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be uh, I think it's going to be a much more entertaining game and I thought I know it was a fantastic ending for town, but I think it'll be a lot more uh, interesting across the 90 minutes rather than the last 20. 
Yeah, before we get into the nitty-gritty, Stephen, uh, so you made a really good point about that um, that game at Bramall Lane perhaps being the, the touch paper for, for town season. Is that something that, that you agree with? you think it was a, a moment where you might have sensed from the press box, oh, this is a different town side than, than the one we've seen in previous years? Um, for much of the game, not really. It was like, I think the, the result, yes, obviously. But for sort of 60 minutes, I think, I seem to recall Harry Toffler was still coming back from COVID, wasn't able to start yet. And I think for 60 minutes, the plan was just play 3-5-2, keep it solid, don't concede, basically. And that was that was it. And then it was only after Toffler came on after about an hour that it was, right, let's try and get a nick a winner here. And the moment they did that, they they basically found it straight away. Um, Josh Caron, wasn't it? So, um, you know, they moved Sorber Thomas across the wing, I recall, and, and he started created the goal from that side because Sorber had played left wing back at the start of the game. So um, I think that the, the moment where it was, I think it was a gradual cranking up of the season at that point because you'd got the win against Preston, even though it was quite an ugly win. And, not, you know, I think one of the most boring games I've seen this season. And then you got the, the win at Sheffield United with the last minute winner. Everyone was buzzing after that. And then uh, the Everton game was in between that and the and the Reading game. And although you lost the, the Everton game, I thought that was a brilliant performance. Uh, and that sort of that was the game really for me that set the tone for 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 what happened the following weekend against Reading. But I don't think you get that kind of confident. Let's go for this. Give them a game performance against Everton. If you haven't just had a last-minute win against Sheffield United, who have just come down from the Premier League, so yeah, in terms of the result and how it ended, certainly, yeah, we we, we do take on what uh, what Richard said then about how Sheffield United are setting up and and what their you know, threats are and, and the difficulties of playing them now that that Heckingbottom's come in. How do you see this going then um, at the weekend? Is it is it one that Town, is it going to be a more reserved town or is it going to be one of those where Carlos throws caution to the wind a little bit and thinks he might be able to, to catch him early? Yeah, some somewhere in between, I think. But being at home, I think you do need to go for it. You know, Carlos has made clear he wants uh, he wants a win out of every game. Um, you know, he wasn't happy with that point against Preston. And I think especially at home, he'll want wins. Obviously, this is a bit of a six-pointer potentially as well. You know, the way Sheffield United have been sort of storming up the table and still got games in hand on town. Um, a win would really go a, a very long way for them. But I think it's, as ever, if you can't win it, you make sure you don't lose it. Make sure Sheffield United don't make up that ground. But I think, you know, I think we've seen recently town are quite good at being the team that go ahead first. Um, that has happened more often than not this season. I think if they do that, it's then a matter of can they hang on to that lead like they did against West Brom, say, um, or, you know, are Sheffield United going to cause them problems, as we've seen, has happened to town a few times at home recently. So, yeah, I, I think whatever happens, it's the subs are going to be really important for both teams as well. You know, you mentioned sort of that, that they brought on Morgan Gibbs-White the other night and to have a player like that to be able to bring on and, you know, if, if it's uh, Njaiu, then is drops to the bench, then they've got him to use. And same for town, you know, you, you might have, you know, they've been able to use Josh Caroma from the bench recently. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had Pippa from the bench, Carol Iton from the bench. And I think part of the issue, as Carlos has sort of indicated, is that with those conceding those late equalisers has been um, 
you know, maybe they've tied a little bit from the press in the first half. I expect this will be a game where that's especially going to apply. And I think it's then whether you can then be intelligent enough when the legs are, are flagging to start using your technique, start using your game management to, to see a game out. But honestly, it's a, it's a very difficult one to predict. You know, it's easy to sit here and say, this is what they've done recently. They'll score first half and then try and defend it. <laughs> Sheffield United could easily come and score first five minutes if they're not careful. They're a good side. So, yeah, yeah need to, it really could go <laughs> myriad ways, really. What sort of, of side would you put out then, Stephen? If, if you were, you know, in the in the dugout of the weekend, what, what team would you pick? I think it's quite difficult just because you don't know whether you blades are going to play a front two or a, or a lone striker. Um because as sort of says, they've sort of they've had the three four one two and the three four two one. So we know that Carlos likes to change it based on however many strikers they have. But I do wonder if this game, you sort of you match them up either way. You go for, you know, you you. It depends on Pippa as well. We're, we're recording this before we have spoken to Carlos before the game, so we're not sure what Pippa's availability is. But I think. I would be tempted to go three at the back, keep Holly Turton in a back three, maybe have Sorber at wing back, and then uh and then it's it's whether you want to go with a, a front two of, of Rhodes and Ward, perhaps, or whether you stick with with Dwayne Holmes and Danel Sonani behind Danny Ward. I don't think those two had the best game against Preston, but we know that they can do it on their day and and they're very flexible players as well. You know, we've seen Sonani play as a striker recently, so he wanted to to stick him up there alongside Danny Ward, that's a possibility. Yeah, there's there's always the the, the possibility that Carol Lighting comes into the side yeah, as well, and, exactly. and they, that threat of Norwood that Sutton was talking about, and an extra body in midfield to let Hoggy essentially go man mark Norwood out of the game might be another option. Is there anyone Sutton that you think sticks out particularly in Town's lineup that that Sheffield United should be worried about? Well, I've touched on Sober Thomas. I think he's got eight assists. I know. Quite a few of those are from uh, corners and, uh, and free kicks. Um, I'm, I'm going to be fascinated. Obviously, he's not here yet. The, the new lad, the sign from Chelsea, you know, the sign of special talent there. I know he's not due up in Huddersfield until the middle of the month, but, you know, it's, it's probably a good thing for uh, from, the, from the, 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 re, the reviews I've had of him that Sheffield United are playing him now rather yeah. than sort of middle of March when he's going to be coming back into the side. I always like Toffolo going forward. I think, you know, he brings a real threat out wide, particularly if he's played in a wing-back. Danny Ward, you can't look past his goals this season. You know, he's obviously had a horrible season last year with the injuries and just, you know, he must have wondered what he was, uh, what what he'd done really to deserve that. And obviously, town fans were thinking, well, why have we signed him? But I think everyone's seen this season, you know, he brings everything together. You know, he's fantastic, really. You know, he brings, you mentioned the talent they've got there in support, you know, whether it's Holmes, Kuroma, Sinani, you know, he, he's, the, he's, the bring, he's the glue that brings all those together, really, and he's adding goals this season. So you can't look beyond him. Lewis O'Brien, I think, is a fantastic footballer. I, I saw him when he was at Bradford in, a, in an awful Bradford team. Player of the year that year when they got relegated. A young kid, didn't have any senior football behind him at all, and yet he looked... You know, he looked totally at home, you know, and you thought he's going to be a special talent. And I thought Town had a great window. I really did, you know, in terms of who they signed. And uh, holding on to Colwell, but I don't know if there was any interest in the end, but holding on to O'Brien for me was huge for the playoff push. 
because he's he's a fantastic footballer. You know, he gets kicked left, right, and centre. You know, he really does, and he does goes back to the old days, and it of target. You know, hit somebody early, and you know, but then spare it around the team. Where I, I think I'm talking to somebody who went to watch Preston Town on um, on Wednesday night, and they said sort of three or four of their players had a kick at him just to make sure. <laughs> If, if there was any yellow cards shown, then it was only going to be that rather than a red. Yeah. You know, I think he's a fantastic player. I really do. But going at the back as well, Tom Lees, you know, what a difference he's made. You know, he, he's had so much unfair criticism in his career. I think I said this to you last time I was on here. You know, at Leeds, he was a young lad in a struggling team and he'd get a bit of flack. Same at Wednesday towards the end. And I never, ever understood it because, I'd, A, I don't think you'd ever find a more honest performer. And, B... He's, he's, he's got a great football brain. He reads things. And, I, you know, you, you look at the big difference. I came down to see Carlos, I think it was end of January, to interview him. And, uh, we, you know, been about an hour and a half of fascinating stuff listening to him. But he was talking about the difference between this season and last season and obviously the, what they needed to solve. And he said the defence because, you know, it was just too... He didn't use the word leaky. I'm using it. <laughs> but, you know, they just conceded too many goals. And Tom Lees, I think, obviously, Cole Wills, fantastic signing. Pearson, fantastic signing. But a bit like Ward at, uh, up front, I think Lees is the is the glue for everything, really, because I just think he, he reads things and he's, he's he's a warrior. You know, I think he's a fantastic footballer. So he might not get people off his seat and get people excited, but if Sheffield United are to get anything tomorrow, I'm presuming they're going to have to get past him unless he's picked up an injury. You know, I don't like this short turnaround. I think it's crazy that this game's half past 12 when they both played Wednesday night. You know, why are they coming yeah. back Tuesday night? If you're going to play, or if you're going to have a Saturday, I think it's a worthy fixture for the TV, but it seems harsh to, you know, it's two and a half days between, um, between you know the final whistle on Wednesday night for both of them, and then kicking off in a in a Yorkshire derby, you know, yeah. and it's a big one as well. Like I say, like Steve said, if if you know if Town win, that that cushion is a lovely cushion on Sheffield United, even with those games in hand and most of them being at home, and but if Sheffield United can win, I think it's down to a point. You know, Sheffield United have got no higher than 10th this season, so their big thing tomorrow is playing before everyone else is getting that win, and then they're up to 7th, which they've never been in single digits this season, and it shows how well they're going, but in terms of the overall picture, you know, because of the window Town had and the run they're on, and the strength in depth they've got as well, I thought Steve asked a great question on Twitter. Uh, it was earlier this morning about, you know, would, would the second 11 this season beat last season's first 11 at Town, and I thought that shows what a good squad it is now and, and full yeah. credit to the club for doing that. So, uh, no, it's, it's, it's a huge game for both of them. And, you know, you, you, I always sit on the fence in Davies and think it's going to be one all. I'm not so sure on this when I can see one of them winning it, but I honestly couldn't tell you who because both are in such good form. What about yourself, Stephen? Is it, like Sonny said, you set up quite nicely there. It's a tasty derby on paper. How do, how do you see it going? Yeah, uh, just before we move on, it was Dave Hartrick that wrote that piece because he'll tell right, me if I don't get right. that right. Um, <laughs> I see you with the examiner, mate. You know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, um, yeah. I think it's I think it's a tough game as well. I think it's one of those games where probably a draw is the most likely outcome, but probably the outcome that does both teams sort of no favors as well. <laughs> um, so it should be as you say, a, a tasty game. I think both teams will be especially motivated to try and get that win. Um, and, you know, whoever comes out on top of it has uh, has a lot of momentum and a, and a big statement win to take into the, the remaining games of the season. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a big run now up until that, that uh, international break in the middle of March. So it's a, this is a, a sort of testing period of the season, but we'll, we'll see how it goes on Saturday. You two have, have set it up really well for us. So thank you very much for, for both of your times uh, this afternoon. And, and I'll look forward to seeing you both tomorrow. And, and thanks again as ever to, to Sports Brokers for sponsoring the show.